Welcome to an I Thought It Smelled Bad on the Outside, a podcast about Star Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Jones, and with me as always is Brent Stevenson. Hello, Mr. Jones. Hello, everybody. How are you, Brent? I am very well. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, Good. You know, we're... uh, We're not that far away from uh andor like we're well actually we're we're much closer to september that was the thing that threw me off today yes yeah um in my mind i was still thinking oh it's like mid-august we got you know there's still plenty of summer left and then i realized no it's september next week which means we're like three weeks away from uh from andor Andor. starting three episodes of andor yeah um, and we're, we're now entering a period of, uh, if you're a fan of genre, um, there's a, a lot of TV for you to watch. So we had last week, we had, um, She-Hulk start. Yep. Uh, on Sunday, it was, um, the new Game of Thrones show. Yep. With House of Dragons, is that what it's called? Yep, House of Dragons. Yep. Uh, and then we next weekend we have the new Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, right, that's right. Show which I think is called Ring Buddies. Um, <laughs> I wish. Like ninety-five percent sure that's the name of it. Um, yeah, and then, then a couple weeks later we have uh, we have Andor. So. Andor. Uh, lots of, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Um, so speaking of Vandor, let's just, we're going to get jump right into it. And last week we said that we were going to do something where we talked about, uh, one thing that we could change in each Star Wars movie that we thought would make it better. Um, it turns out we both prepared for it. Good for us. Um, but we got a hum- some other stuff to talk about, so we'll see how far along we get and, and maybe we'll start that and, uh, you know, um, we'll see how long, how many episodes it takes us to get through all the movies, but we, we might start cool. going through that list this week. That's probably the most homework I've done since high school. And even then that wasn't <laughs> a lot. Uh, I will just say that it felt very much like high school where I was yeah. like, you know, like 20 minutes before, like, oh, that's right. I haven't finished this. I need to scramble. <laughs> um, but going back to Andor, one of the things we were talking about last week was the re-release of Rogue One, which uh, comes out this weekend in theaters, um, or get re-releases this weekend in theaters. And we were uh, wondering what that sneak preview of Andor was going to be. Right. Uh, and um, according to... Uh, Fandango, which is a movie ticket uh, purchasing website in the U.S. Like, it's not, Fandango isn't a thing in Canada, is it? No, no. Just in the yeah, States. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, apparently, the uh, preview is nine minutes. Would have been awesome for a whole episode, but again, because of how many showings, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Nine minutes. And it better not be the nine minutes that are already out. <laughs> Is, it, is there nine well, minutes out not, already? Not nine minutes. I'm just exaggerating. Just It shouldn't be the stuff that's come out already because there was a clip that came out today. So, 
yeah. So, you know what? Let's just talk about that right now. Um, they, they did release a clip today. Uh, yep. it's like a, a minute 10. So it's, it's the first sequence we've seen from the show. Um, it's very talky. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is just essentially Andor and Stellan Skarsgård's character talking for a minute. Um, what did you think of it? Um, I, I liked it. It was very compelling. Um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, because some of the dialogue has been used in the trailer. Um, yeah. So it was kind of nice to see um, a little bit more of that dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, just uh, they were talking about how we got into, how we infiltrated uh, the Empire and just how easy it was because they're so full of themselves and um. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was, and the way he delivered it too was very mm-hmm. compelling. Very compelling. Yeah. Um. It was. Uh, it was very talky. Um. And y- a little surprising uh, when you think about what's the first thing that they were going to show um, from a, a Star Wars show. You mm-hmm. think it would, you know, it might be something a little more bombastic or a little more, you know, exciting or, you know, uh, or in the case of, of Obi-Wan, you know, they, you know, they showed us a confrontation that, like, oh, yeah, here's, you know, here's an interaction, we, you know, we've been looking forward to seeing, you know, um, with with Ben and, and Uncle Owen, whereas with this, it was just, oh, yeah, okay, it's Andor just talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um but very effective, and I think it's you know I think that they've chose that clip um, specifically to show that this is going to be a different type of show. Exactly. Yep. Give you an idea of just kind of the, um, well, what's the word? Just the 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 idea of how the show is going to be. It's not like you said they didn't show anything bombastic. The show is going to be very detail orientated. Um, and mm-hmm. the nooks and crannies are going to be them explaining a lot of things. I'm wondering now how many episodes are actually going to have action in them. Um, I'm like, going to, you know, like an action sequence. I, I really can't see. I, I don't, I don't personally, I don't think there's going to be a lot. Um, probably because this is, you know, this is kind of like a spy movie. Spy movies, I guess with the exception of like James Bond, but usually more is in the details of, um, kind of like planning, infiltrating, how you're going to get out that sort of thing. A lot more planning than Mm -hmm. instead of going and blowing stuff up, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more, um, sneaking around. Uh, Mm because again, you would think they're not, they don't want to draw attention themselves. So they're not going to. Russian blasting everything. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be a lot more, uh, a lot of talking because I think there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot to say. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to imagine though, that there, there's going to be some uh, action sequences. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you can do an entire Star Wars series and, and not exactly. have yeah. and not have some. But I, I don't think it's going to be on the the scale that we've seen in the past. We're not going to see big, you know, big battles or or yeah. whatnot. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we went entire episodes where there's no action. Sure. I'm okay and I'm perfect. Yeah, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I would much rather there be none than them trying, you know, to fit in. Okay, well, we, we've got to have one thrilling, you know, sequence <laughs> in this episode. Um, I, I want them to tell the story that you know that they felt that they needed to tell, and yep. if that means that it's a lot of people standing around talking, um, as long as the dialogue is you know, is interesting and compelling and the story's compelling. I'm perfectly fine with it. And just by the sheer number of characters that are going to be in this episode, there's going to be a lot of, again, probably a lot of explaining, um, not necessarily the backstory, but just um, detailing in, you know, in the storytelling of who all these people are and where they fit into everywhere too. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get a chance to read that variety article? Uh Oh, I did with the um, the shows for grownups. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, that one, the, the one that's titled, uh, um, uh, yeah, how Andor became the first Star Wars TV series for grownups. Yes, I did read that. Very interesting. Uh, which uh, uh, I have to admit, uh, I felt a little bit um, enraged by the title. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he could have put it a different way. <laughs> he um, but he, did it a different way. You know, obviously, it was meant to be a little kind of clickbaity. Um, sure. Because when you when the when you read the article, you you read the headline and you're expecting to go in and like, oh, that that Tony Gilroy is, um, kind of bashing on. Star Wars fans like no 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 this is for you know you know <laughs> mo- you know most Star Wars fans are, are, are children, mm. um, and that wasn't the case. There is a reference in the article that you know that Star Wars in general has been made for youth for kids. Yep. You know for you know that was George Lucas's big thing was yeah, Star Wars is for kids. Um, once again, bringing back my horrible George Lucas impression. <laughs> um, but that this one, but that this uh, this version of Star Wars or the story that they're telling is obviously aimed at a, a different audience. Yes, yep. which probably plays into what we've been talking about. That you know, I don't, you know, in a grown-up movie, um, <laughs> you, you know, doesn't necessarily need to have things blowing up or you know, uh, people chasing other people uh, for it to be interesting and compelling. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. And you talked about the, the people that they, they make a point that there's lots of, um, uh, you know, lots of different characters that we get introduced to in this, uh, in this show, which I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, you know, I, I, so there's one thing I, I would admit though about this article. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I like Tony Gilroy. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. It doesn't come uh, well. I don't want to say he's not a Star Wars fan. I mean, he helped with Rogue One doing the reshoots without um, the the previous director, and I can't remember the name. I just saw his name, uh, Gareth Edwards. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know if maybe he thinks he's better. Uh, and other people i mean he's got a pretty impressive resume really yeah so maybe i should clarify i i don't have any i don't have an issue with uh with his work um i think i just have a, an issue with him mm-hmm. um and once again it, Maybe it's maybe I've got my back up against the wall and, and I'm taking this stuff, you know, um, a little too personally. Um, at one point, he's talking uh, about the show and um, he says, uh, "I, I want to do it about wanted to do it about real people. They made all this IP about the royal family. In essence, it's been great, but there's a billion billion other things in the galaxy. There's plumbers and cosmeticians, journalists. What are their lives like?" Um, why not use Star Wars canon as a host organism for absolutely realistic, passionate, dramatic storytelling? Um, he says that the uh, legacy of characters who may pop up in season one are never fan service. Uh, it's never cynical. It, it, it's always meant to be there. It's always protein. It's never icing. Mm-hmm. Um, w- which would suggest that every, which would suggest that uh, any, uh, legacy character that we've seen previously has been fan service. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you definitely uh, wrote people the wrong way. Absolutely. And I don't know. And, and you know, and maybe this is intentional, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, the, the tone of, of these interviews, um, it is being done very specific to point just to demonstrate to people how different this show is, yeah. especially for, for those that have not been uh, particularly happy with uh, what has been on Disney plus in the last, you know, year and a half, two years. Yeah. But, um, It feels like it. This is one of the, like an, another moment where it's the type of uh, catalyst that can just get Star Wars fans um, going after each other again. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the Last Jedi was so polarizing because because it, for a Star Wars movie, it was so different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was the first time I felt like there was a really big fracture in Star Wars fandom. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just concerned, that, you know, that uh, that something that, that this could happen again. At the end of the day, I, you know, I, I want the show to be good and, and everything. I would just hate for this to be like, like I said, another point where. 
fans draw a line in the stand and say, no, you're either a fan of this or you're not a fan of Star Wars, you know, yeah. which is, you know, like, or if you are a fan of, of this show, then you're not a Star Wars fan because this isn't Star Wars. Um, you know, we've talked about this on many occasions. We want Star Wars. We want to see different things. Yes, absolutely. We do. You know, uh, when we were talking, you know, in one of our earliest episodes, we said we wanted to see different things. So we're getting that. And I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, I, I just don't like the way that Tony Gilroy is presented. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Um, so we talked about the, we talked about the clip. We talked about the article. Uh, we have not talked about something that is going to be coming. Well, let's talk about something that is not coming to, um, to Disney plus soon. Um, the bad batch season two was uh, previously listed as a, um, uh, being released in September, but mm-hmm. it's now absent from Disney's release schedule. At least yeah. for September. For September, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I was actually looking for it. Well, oh, yes you... and no. Yes and no. <laughs> okay. Um, I yes because it was something else. Star Wars. I was looking forward to watching. Mm-hmm. We've got Andor coming, so um, I'm not upset that that's not coming out September 28th. I know it's going to mm-hmm. eventually come out. I'm fine with it not coming out in September. It wasn't on my high priority list to watch. Um, I'm all about Andor right now. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, I'm surprised that they were going to have two Star Wars shows two. on at the same time. Yeah. Even though you can make the argument, well, it's animation, so it's different. Um, mm. But there's going to be down, like, down periods. So wouldn't you want to space it out so you've got more Star Wars you know, all the time? Yeah. Um, probably maybe closer to Christmas because this goes yeah. into, yeah, because you got Mandalorian hopefully starting in February of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'd be a nice buffer uh, between Andor and um, Mandalorian. Yeah. Now, that being said, I still haven't seen season one of The Bad Batch. No, it's not bad. I was I was surprised. It wasn't bad at all. Uh, I, I fell asleep in the first uh, watching the first episode, <laughs> which which to be fair isn't necessarily uh, a commentary on the episode itself. It just no no, you know it's it's the age. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know you get a little too comfortable. Like, oh, oh, yeah. nope. oh. Nothing's going to keep me awake. Um, but the 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 show itself. Um it felt like we were getting, it wasn't uh, breaking new ground. No, no, it's not. No. You know, and, and that's been, you know, I, I think both of our criticisms or one of our criticisms about Dave Filoni is that um, he seems to want to keep getting more insular and mm-hmm. like, you know, instead of ex- the expanding the world out, it's like, oh yeah, let's keep bringing characters in and and seeing yeah. more about them. And you know, it was great seeing the Bad Batch um, in the final season of the Clone Wars, yeah. um, mainly because it was this story arc that 
you know, the, some like we'd seen storyboards uh, about, you know, many years ago because it was one of the, you know, the episodes that was written and they had started working on before they, before the last season got canceled. A, yep. So I, I was, it was fine seeing that, but then to continue the stories, like, no, like tell different stories. Come on, find new yeah. characters. <laughs> and, and that's the great thing about, like you think with, with animation, like with, with rebels, right? Like we got all new characters and, yep. um, you know, after that we had star Wars resistance, um, which I did not think was great. I, I didn't um, watch I, it either. I, I watched yeah. some of it. Oh, you watched some of it. No, I, I think yeah. I watched the first couple episodes and it wasn't for me. Yeah, like I got me. through like the first half season. Um, it, it, it definitely felt more like um, a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, like from, you know, yeah. like from the 80s where they were, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, where you would see a movie um, or there would be a TV show you know, like, like the the one that sticks out for me the most is, um, it, it feels the most reminiscent of was, um, the Mister T. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, where you know he be he was very popular because of the A Team, and I can remember hearing that he was having getting his own Saturday morning cartoon, and. I remember being excited thinking, oh, this is going to be like an A-Team cartoon. We're going to get exactly. more A-Team. Yeah. And it was, no, it was just like kids doing gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, kids doing <laughs> gymnastics and Mr. T's showing up at the end to, yeah, provide a life lesson. <laughs> and, and that's what and that's what Star Wars Resistance felt like. Uh, well, I have a question for you, too. I so, accept questions. Cool. So I've been watching Star Wars Rebels again. Okay. Just to just to kind of prepare for Andor, just in case there's yeah. any kind of bleeding over, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and so we kind of know. I'm assuming uh, Gilroy's comment about uh, legacy characters being in the show. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think this character is a legacy character, but I was trying to figure out. Okay, now the timeline for this movie where it fits, um, we could see. I think uh, would we see Hera? in this episode at all. And the only reason I was thinking that is she's probably be the only character at that timeline that you could show. And I know they like to do those certain things in star Wars shows lately that kind of, you know, that character will show up in another show down the road and we mm-hmm. know Hera is going to be in Ahsoka. So I don't know if maybe, yeah. and you know, and we've seen the ghost in, in uh, rogue one and mm-hmm. in uh, rise of Skywalker. So I'm just wondering, maybe we might get a little preview of Hera in this series at all. Because she would be uh, the only one that we we would probably see if they did it out of all of those characters. Yeah, I, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be easier to de-age her. Yep. Because there there'd be a there's a you know, there's a bigger gap between. Uh, Ahsoka and, and this show than there than obviously there is between Rogue One and yeah. uh, and, and this show, so you don't have to worry about uh, uh, like how how different um, uh, Andor looks. Uh, Diego Luna, you know, obviously 
Although yeah. I get a bit, he doesn't look much older than he did. No, <laughs> that he did you know, six or seven years ago. That's very true. Uh, but I think because of, because of it's going to be a character that's going to have prosthetics, and you can easily manipulate. Yeah, you know how the person's going to look, and and yeah, I think it is a character that you can introduce. I almost, I almost want to say you have to introduce her because she seems to be such an important character even before rebels just by the way the series was telling how um her uh just how she's being brought up in the series of how important and how early on she's been with the rebel cause mm-hmm. so to me it would make perfect sense if she showed up in that episode yeah and, or and in a would, episode and, and it would be in line with what gilroy said that None of it is fan service. It's there mm-hmm. specifically to serve the story. So yeah, I'm. Well, now I will be disappointed if if we don't see her. <laughs> Me too. Uh, and perfect. and it would tie into what they have. One of the things that they've managed to do with. Uh, I was going to say with each season of. Uh, each Star Wars season we've seen um, where they've surprised us with a character. Yeah. I don't think they did that though. With I can't think of a character they surprised us with. Oh, I guess um, Chrysanthemum uh, in Book of Boba Fett. I was thinking, you know, they didn't, there wasn't any surprise characters, but yep, there was true. that. Yep. So yeah, this would absolutely work. Yeah, and I would like to see, I would like to see that just again, just from, I don't know how many times I've seen the Rebels series, but it'd be kind of neat to see that, uh, to see her live action finally. Because mm-hmm. yes. it is long overdue, I think. Yeah. We've seen bits and pieces. We've seen Chopper. We've seen the ship. It's about mm-hmm. time we see Hera and before yes. Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, I think that they would want that. I think it makes, make even now that, you know, as we're talking about it more, it makes even more sense because. I don't think, uh, well, obviously Ahsoka is, the Ahsoka series is going to be Ahsoka's story, mm-hmm. but it's much more Ahsoka and Sabine's story than Hera. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. Like at the end of Rebels, they go off and they're like, you know, because they're like that, that's our mission. And Hera stays with the rebellion. The rebellion. Yeah. Right. And that, and apparently that's, you know, obviously, you know, the Ahsoka really is the continuation of that story of them going out looking yeah. for Thrawn and looking for, um, for Ezra. Ezra. Yeah. Um, so it would make sense of introducing her prior. So you don't have to waste any time introducing her again. Yeah. Uh, in the series, it's Very just true. here's the short hit. Yeah. Yeah. Here she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We don't need to know her from Rebels because we met her in Andor. Perfect. Yep. No, that Good. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Yay, maybe I predict yeah. something. Yay. <laughs> uh, okay. So you predicted that. Did you predict that we were going to get a um, documentary about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on September 8th? I did not. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, uh, September 8th is Disney Plus Day. A great day. 
Um, is that what they're calling it? Is that Disney Plus Disney Day? Plus Day, yep. Yeah. So I thought Disney Plus Day was in November, like to, to celebrate when Disney Plus started. Oh. But maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, I'm positive that's what they're called. So this... Or maybe that maybe it's it's the it's the announcement date. Maybe that's what it was. On September eighth, oh. they had announced this was the date that it was going to start. Regardless, September eighth this year is is Disney Plus Day. We're getting a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we're getting um, well, Thor: Love and Thunder comes to the service. Um, I, I noticed there was a couple other things that are hitting the service that day, but we are also getting a behind-the-scenes documentary about the making of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this doesn't seem like it's going to be one of their normal, yes, you know, 27-minute behind-the-scenes things. This looks like it's a full-blown documentary. Which I was very pleased to see um, because I think that show deserves it. It's having mm-hmm. a very special behind-the-scenes um, featurette. Not featurette, feature. Uh, instead of the usual, yeah. instead of the usual, with and I, I can't. Remember, I think it's assembled. Is it called assembled? And then they will usually do that after a few weeks or months after a show's been out. I think the it's the Marvel ones that are called assembled. assembled. I can't remember what the what the Disney ones are called. Um, yeah, but I do but like the, but, that they're doing a, something special for Obi Wan. Yeah, I, I agree. One of the things that I really enjoyed about um, some of the uh, Star Wars movies um, was that some of them ended up having like a full two-hour documentary about mm-hmm. the you know, the making of the movie, um, yeah. and that's what this feels like. And even watching you know that minute and a half or whatever however long the preview yeah. of it was. Um. A was reminded again just how much I enjoy seeing, you know, how stuff is made. <laughs> yep. You know, we, we've we've talked about this a couple times now in the last few weeks, um, that we might enjoy that part more than the actual. Uh, totally. Yeah, you know, the finished <laughs> finished product itself. Yep. But watching, just seeing like this minute and a half, um, was a reminder that of regardless of what we thought about. Obi-Wan you could even in like the brief scenes that we got you could see the passion that everyone had yep so regardless of what we thought about the final product regardless of um you know if, if there were missteps or things that we just flat out did not like any of those things that we have issue with you can tell it, they weren't done intentionally or with malice. Yes. Yep. You know, there are times where you've, you can watch something uh, and you see the finished product and you can tell it was, you know, that these things that you don't like are a result of someone who doesn't know the source material, doesn't care about it. Um, and that isn't the case with this. Exactly. And I think the big thing for me is they're showing respect and just how much respect this character has in mm-hmm. uh, the Star Wars fandom. Uh, so much respect yeah. and they're treating it that way. 
with so much respect, which is very nice to see because it deserves it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they'll be honest, I always like getting to see you and McGregor talk about Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> still, very, I still see lots of interviews with them going to Comic Cons and uh, talking, just talking up with people about Star Wars. It's so nice to see. It is, you know. You look at the, you know, the original cast, and you have like like on on opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got you know Mark Hamill and then Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. like is right. Um, Harrison Ford, you know, every once in a while we'll begrudgingly talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but it always looks like he's a, you know, that as soon as a camera is turned off, he's going to punch the person that asked him, <laughs> you know, about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's also, ha- and, and part of it is because he's, he's had like this, you know, like a, a whole other career outside of Star Wars. Sure. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you have Mark Hamill who, very like you know his entire career has very much been defined by star wars and i don't think you can you can make the argument that his voice acting mm-hmm. and playing yep. the joker you know that might be what people some people know him for more but it's still yeah you know, he's luke skywalker and he's never been able to get past that but he's a but but still always you know wants to talk about is willing to talk about star wars and is very appreciative of fans and he and embraces it embraces yeah. it totally and ewan mcgregor feels like he's like the the you know the amalgamation of both of them right <laughs> exactly super appreciative loves talking about star wars but like has had no problem not moving past star wars but doing other things you know beyond star wars and there are people that probably didn't realize that he was in a star wars movie yeah probably yeah you know there there's probably at least one person that only knows him from the island probably. <laughs> yeah it's it's a probably a very sad sheltered person you know yeah. <laughs> who's you know who's been like staying in a rental, you know, in some like rental place for like the last <laughs> 10 years. And the only DVD that's there, VHS. <laughs> you know, it is a copy of the Island, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and he, and he's a fan as well too. So yeah. He's got that thrown into the mix. So it's nice that, we're like, well, we have only have to wait two weeks for some more new, new Star Wars content instead of four weeks. For, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So one other thing that we can circle back on before we, uh, about something we had talked about before, was uh, it had looked like, we were talking about the Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake. Mm-hmm. Um. It looked like it had been shut down. Yes. Yeah. Um, but now it seems that uh, it has actually just moved to a different developer. So you can relax. Phew. 
Phew. It's, it's not dead. It just will only take like an extra seven years to come out. <laughs> Hopefully not. But, uh, but yeah. So, and so apparently um, Sony was not happy with uh, what the uh, previous studio uh, had done over the last two years. So I guess I look at this as a good thing then, because I would rather wait and have a superior product. Yeah, I guess so too. I I just find it... Like, I, I, I wonder what this game is actually going to be. Because in my mind, when I hear a remake, I'm thinking, all right, obviously you improve the graphics. Um, combat you probably improve a little bit mm-hmm. but I, I don't think you can change it too much or you completely change the game but aside from that you, you can't change much because what you know what because the the main um, thrust of the of the game is the story right and that's yep. the thing that everyone loves you can't change that be very so, curious to see what I, what they didn't like that made them do that drastic move. Yeah, but uh, but it is it is nice to know that the game isn't dead. Yep. Yeah. So we got a bit of time. Mm-hmm. So we can we can we can <laughs> we can probably dig into probably the at least well at least the prequel stuff or maybe the prequel to the prequels. Um, so last week there was, I mentioned, I found an article that was talking about what's one thing that you could change, uh, or, or one, uh, change made a movie better or, you know, one change you could make to make a bad movie good. So we had agreed that we were going to do that with all those star Wars movies. So mm-hmm. should we go, I think we should go not by release, but chronologically, chronologically through the time. Sure. Yeah. So, which means that, um, in fact, we probably won't get to get any further than this movie tonight because I know how much you like it. Um, so we'll probably just listen to you like spend the next ten minutes trying to figure out what's wrong with the movie. Uh, it, it's uh, Solo. So Solo is first on the list. Um. So you're. Given control, you're allowed to make one change in Solo to make it better. What's the one thing you're changing? As much as I didn't like the movie, I still want to see Lord and Miller's version of Solo. That's what I want to see. So, so my you're, cha- th- you're changing the changing, director. I'm changing the director. Um, I have so much faith in these two guys as filmmakers. Um I just really, really would have liked to have seen their version of Solo, and that quite honestly might make up for. Um, I don't think the casting was great, um, but I would think that maybe that might kind of make up for it, kind of like a distraction. <laughs> but that's my biggest thing with that movie is when I heard that those guys were making it, as mm-hmm. much as I didn't think they need to make this movie. I wanted to see mm-hmm. what their version of it would be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can see that. I, I um, 
I like this movie more than you, mm-hmm. which we've firmly established. It's part yeah. of canon now. Yeah. Um, and as as much as the 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 sequence where he gets you know his name absolutely drives me nuts. Yep. Um, and as much as the sequence in which he talks about his father, you know, working, um, working in the, the shipyards and working on, uh, you know, Karelian YT freighters, yep. um, bothers me because like an hour previous in the movie, they, he says he doesn't have any family. Right. You know, <laughs> um, correct. The one thing that I would change is I would not show the castle run. Yep. You know, as, uh, you know, as much as you, you might not, and I'm, I know you, when I say you, obviously you specifically, but also you and like the biblical you, you Mm -hmm. might not like this movie. Um, I think if you weren't showing such an iconic, iconic event, the Kessel Run is tied so much into Han Solo mm-hmm. and and what it is. And it's one of those things that when you see it, you're like, oh, this is the Kessel Run? It's not what I thought. This is, uh, yeah. I don't think it's what anyone thought. We've been hearing about the Kessel Run for, what, 40 years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. They should have found a way not to show it, yeah, or, or or not to be about it at all. It could have been a Han Solo adventure, and it could have been the story, you know, the story about him getting the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Um, without you know, without it being tied into the Castle Run. Yep. Or as I think I might have suggested before, you just don't show it. Yeah, I, I don't think, think you I, show I think it. You know, like you just skip ahead in the story and it, you know, to them, you know, crashing on the planet and him, them just talking about them doing the castle run. Yep. Um, to be honest, I think th- that's the kind of thing that I think would be in a, a, a Lord and Miller movie. I agree. You, you know, you, you, let them you, use your imagination, your own imagination. But, but, it, but it would be funny, right? Like, because you build, you're building it up, you're building it up. That, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. The, yes, yes. They're going to do the castle run. You're going to, we're going to see what the castle run is. You're going to see it. And then it cuts. And then it just, what? Yeah. <laughs> nah, we decided not to show it. It, it happened. They've told you about it. Yeah. But I also think that that works well for Han Solo, the character, you know, because oh, totally, as we mentioned before, I think he's a character that, that when he's telling you things, it's much more interesting than you actually seeing him doing it. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. part of his charm is his is his own his worldview, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? Okay, so I, I th- this is a good start. I thought that you were gonna like completely, you know, figure out like some loophole that you could go through the entire movie and say no, it's all one thing because oh. I found a way to, you know, it, it figured that if I don't take a breath, if I, <laughs> <laughs> then it's one thing, exactly. Scene two. Um, 
Okay, so the, the next movie on the list, Rogue One. Yeah, that was another real toughie to mm-hmm. try and pinpoint. The only thing that I, after watching it, that I would want more of, um, not necessarily mm-hmm. something less of, was more of uh, the Guardian of the Wills, a little bit more. Uh, even though I know they were in there a lot, I still like to see a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. Um because those two characters are just so interesting and so well done uh, and so funny. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that they, I, I want to see more of them. That's, that's the only thing I can think of that I would change. Um, Cause I just like that movie so much and I don't want to hurt its feelings. So this one was easy for me. Um, and, and not because there's so much wrong with it. It's because there is so much in it that I think is is wonderful that there's this one tiny moment that I'm like, really? And it's the credits. It's it, Or it's the title card. Oh, okay. I don't know why they spent like $7 to have the worst looking title card come up. Um, and I know that they were trying to do um, the thing that um, they've done, they did with um, with uh, the first two Star Trek, or the, not the first two, like the J.J. The Abrams Star Treks, um, and then with, with the Avengers where, you get this big prologue and then you just have like this stinger where you just see the title appear for, you know, a a few seconds. Yeah. Which is fine, but the graphic itself looks so horrible. (laughs) Like just, it just, it's one of those things that every time I watch the movie, I like I've, blanked it and it comes i'm like oh my god like i can't believe how bad this looks (laughs) i would have figured that when they you know when they released it on dvd or you know or or the the, or the digital release or even when they re-released it you know or it came to disney plus Mm -hmm. that that would have they would have just all right yeah you know what we can see we like we've touched up the that title (laughs) they've never changed it (laughs) never they like it. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so this pro this next one was probably hard for you because I know what that it has a soft spot in your heart. The Phantom Menace. Yes. Um, you know, there's still a lot wrong with the movie. Um What? But I still liked it. I still Again, I always I equate it with a starving man giving a, a, a cracker, and he's like, "Oh, that's the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life." Um, yes, I, and I know how much you like crackers. So yes, I do. <laughs> um, the one thing again, it's what I after I finished watching it, it's what I want more of, and I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted more Darth Maul. Um, because that character was so, and I know why he wasn't a lot of, didn't get a lot of screen time. It's supposed to be this mm-hmm. mysterious character. Um, I get it. Um, but he was just way 
too cool of a character. Uh, not to have Moron. Again, I don't know how they would do that. Um, that's just what I would have loved to have seen um, in the shows. A little bit more dialogue out of him and mm-hmm. just a little bit more, more of Maul. Do you think that he would have been as cool and as popular if we saw more of him? No, you know why? When the trailer came out and he showed up with the double blade lightsaber, he could do Mm -hmm. no wrong. They could do no wrong with that character, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He just looked it and the guy they got for the voice... I, you know, and the Star Wars is the struggle between the good and evil sort of thing. I know there's a different kind of evil in the Phantom Menace, but um, just having not seen another adversary because, you know, pretty much Darth Vader was the adversary in the first three Star Wars movies. And you get this brand new guy Mm -hmm. who looks as amazing as he does, sounds amazing, has an amazing lightsaber. I wanted to see more of him. And again, it could, for some people, it could be to a detriment. You might not have liked him as much, but I don't, for me, I don't think I could see enough of him. Yeah. I, so I, I agree with you. I was just playing <laughs> devil's advocate. But because I think we all think, oh, great. Here's, here's the villain of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, he's going to be the, the Darth Vader of, of the prequels. And then he was gone and no one has, you know, has really been able to, was able to top that yeah. for the entire, you know, for the remainder of the, the prequel trilogy. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a good choice. Um, and, you know, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but again, just of how much his character comes up now, how much he was using um, mm-hmm. Clone Wars, how much he was using Rebels, just to me, it was just like, ah, I would like to see more live action um, know, yeah. because this character turns out to be quite an important character yes. uh, in the two, the two series. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I agree. Uh, this was my easiest one for the record. <laughs> um, it's the casting of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. If George Lucas had cast someone that was a few years older, mm-hmm. uh, it makes this movie better, uh, and it fixes it fixes one of the problems in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, which is which is Anakin and Padme's relationship. <laughs> yes, because it like it's just creepy, right? It is. It is. Um, <laughs> you know, you, so you make him a couple years older and a whole bunch of the movie makes a lot more sense. Their, yeah. you know, their, their, their relationship. Um, he can still even have that line. Are you an angel? And there you don't know if he's, you know, being, you know, a little, you know, playful and, and, you know, uh, or if, you know, he's just so sheltered that he, you know, he's actually saying that, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, him taking, um, or being part of that final battle, 
you know, you can give him a little more agency and let him, instead of him just, you know, pushing buttons and going, Pure luck. yeah, Pure luck. right. Oh yeah. No, he, yeah. You play into the fact. Yeah. He is a good pilot. Um, and then, the, and then I think most, uh, then relationship aside, um, because I think that's the biggest reason, you know, mm-hmm. you have them the same age. So sure. It makes sense that, oh yeah, of course she had, you know, you know, she has feelings for him. Yep. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. Like it just, it doesn't work, you know, the, the way it cur- currently is. No. But then you also have, you know, the line that always sticks out where Yoda says, no, he's too old. What are you talking What do you mean he's too old? Yep. You know, like he's, you know, he's still, you know, he's still a child. But if, if you had him cast like three or, and he's three or four years older, you know, so he's a teenager. Yep. That line makes a lot more sense. Because by the time you're a teenager, that's when you're, you know, you're developing an attitude and you're developing um, a better sense of yourself. In fact, yeah. you know, you're, that, that's when you're really trying to uh, exhibit, you know, your own personal traits. So that comment makes more sense where you, it was like, no, no, at this age, it doesn't, you know, we shouldn't be training him. Yep. Um, yeah. So that, that would be my biggest change. Yeah. And I write full, uh, write one to you. So I had a hard, I actually had a hard time with this next one as well. And look at the time. I think we can get, I think we can get through the prequels. Okay. So, yeah. So what was your, the one thing in Attack of the Clones you would change? So for me, I would change, there's a lot, but I guess the, again, going back when I first saw this on the screen, the Yoda lightsaber battle, I laughed I laughed pretty hard. Um, I would change the battle. Um, I Again, I don't know how I'd change it. Uh, his fighting style, jumping all over the place, mm-hmm. but I don't think I needed the screams when he's jumping because that's what kind of made it funny. Yeah. And I didn't, wa- I didn't want to laugh. I wanted to see a very cool Yoda fighting, but instead mm-hmm. I ended up yep. laughing. Yeah. Um that sequence is cool for the first three or four seconds. Yeah. You know, when, when, you know, when Yoda, you know, drops the, his cane, you know, and, and yep. uses the force, you know, to pull the lightsaber off of his belt and ignites it. You're like, yeah. And then it's just like, obviously because of his size, that's the only way that you can, Mm-hmm. do a lightsaber uh duel right is he has to be flipping all over the place yeah um but yeah it doesn't look good no nope. and then again i would like to see more count dooku in that sh- that movie too wow as a, as a side note because again that was another character that i don't think they knew what to do with mm-hmm Oh, yes. It would be so easy to, <laughs> like, just to make all these. All right. Here's our list of grievances about all these movies. But. So the, the one thing that I would change about this movie is actually uh, has to do with something that's part of the production. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wish someone had stepped in and told George Lucas, no, you can't do a movie uh, all on digital cameras. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about that was, too uh, for that for that movie. It was, you know, he was so focused on that aspect of the movie that it's all you know it's everything's going to be shot on digital it's all going to be you know we're going to use digital all digital sets and i feel that you know there are parts of the movie that just suffered because of it Mm -hmm. you know the one of the things that i keep going back to is is ewan mcgregor's fake beard in places (laughs) yes you know, like it is so horrible, and and like I, I understand with reshoots sometimes you, you can't get things right, but I don't understand how like they could just not. And once again, I don't think it was necessarily that he didn't care. It's just that so much focus was being put into, um, you know, the digital projection that I think that that was that Lucas's attention was taken away. And and at this point there was no one there to stop George Lucas, you know, from doing what he wanted. Right. No, he was investing. He was investing his own money. Mm-hmm. He invested, you know, uh, as, as we learned in the, in the ILM documentary, he invested money for theaters to, to have digital projectors. Yep. You know, and during the, original movies there were people you know the original trilogy there were people there to say no you can't do this we are we can't do this yep all he had was and and, and it's a guy that i completely f- forgot about because i in fact i keep meaning to look up to see what he's doing now is rick mccallum oh yeah the yes man <laughs> y- yeah like the <laughs> all he would just he would he just seemed like the typical producer that, but would just, oh yeah, George wants this, and he just would just. It seemed like whatever George said, oh yeah, great idea, George. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to do this. George wants this. Um, yeah. and you know, part of a producer's role is to be kind of challenging and saying, no, no, no. You know, is this the you know is this the right thing? And uh, and the movie suffered because of it. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, we recently found out that all of the dialogue had to be re-recorded because they were too loud yeah because these digital cameras were were so loud (laughs) that all of the audio that was recorded live during while they were recording was completely unusable so maybe started off on a smaller movie with special effects and then went yeah but yeah so that would so that would have been my choice and yeah yeah all right so last uh last one of the night it's the um last of the prequels um this is this was the second last one that i uh, uh the second um so i I think before we started recording, I mentioned there's one movie that I still haven't figured out what the thing I would change is. This was my, this was my second to last one. Oh, this was okay. the second to last one that I came <laughs> up with. 
so Revenge of the Sith, what's the one thing that you would change? Oh, I would change the lightsaber battle between mm-hmm. um, Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin. I really despised it. Um, it was so, and I'm sure we've talked about it before because when we gave our yeah. listings, yeah, that was the one big thing was it just, it looked and it felt so choreographed um, and completely absurd in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yeah. That is what I would change before I did anything else. Uh, so would you get rid of, you wouldn't get rid of it completely. I I wouldn't get rid of, I would, you know, as I want to use the term realistic, which is silly to use that in star Wars, uh, more Mm -hmm. practical. Maybe that's probably a better, a better term a little bit. Um, you know, the climbing onto rocks, climbing onto big buildings, lava flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, it just seemed a little over the top. Um, and I think, and they proved it in the Obi-Wan series that they could have a very intense fight without a big production about it. Uh, yeah. And you, are you talking about the, the Vader scene or the, the flashback training scene or both? Um, you both, I could do both. Yeah. I think for me, the, the training scene shows that you can, one of the, one of the complaints that not just that a lot of people have about, um, revenge of the Sith in the lightsaber battles is that they feel very choreographed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously the, you know, we, we saw some of that in, uh, in the Phantom Menace, you know, there's that, you know, 30 seconds <laughs> with the Obi-Wan in, in Maul, you know, where Obi-Wan comes charging and that, that obviously feels very choreographed because they're going so fast. Mm-hmm. But it, it's such a, it was A, the first time we saw, you know, a lightsaber battle like that. Very and intense. It's so sh- yeah, and it's so short and intense that it, it's fine. It works, right? Yeah. Yep. This is, you know, with Revenge of the Sith, it's so prolonged. And it feels so choreographed that you're right. It doesn't feel realistic or raw. It just feels like dance moves. And the argument that the people had had before, and I think I'd use this as well, was that, well, no, but of course it would feel that way because they have spent so many years, you know, practicing against each other, you know, in training. Yep. Yep. But, what we saw in it was it episode five uh, of Obi Wan when we got the flashback to them training. Yeah, they there we they you know th- uh, they showed us a way that you could show them going through their training routine and doing things that are, you know are you know kind of choreographed because they're practicing specific moves and counter moves. Yeah, but it's still feeling raw and there's still being energy to it. Yes. And as if there's some, you know, some uh, life to it, as opposed to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, which, uh, you know, which is how the lightsaber battle comes across now. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And it's too long. It is way too long. Way yeah. too long. But But also suffers from the... 
let's shoot everything on digital. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Because, yep. you know, as, you know, you, once again, you, you get those behind the scenes shots and it's just the two of them standing on green blocks around other green blocks. Climbing on green blocks. Uh, yeah. Like it's just. <laughs> You know, and obviously they do their best to, to animate around it and stuff, but it just doesn't feel. No. Yeah. It feels cartoony. Uh, I have a very small th- like thing about th- that I would change. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the what ends up being the last scene in the movie. So we get. Um, and, and this movie suffers from a, a, a poor ending. Yes, <laughs> you know because because we get you get this climactic battle and Obi Wan leaving Anakin essentially to die. You know he's burnt half to death. And then we have, you know, then there's this, then we see the birth of the twins and then we get this, and then we get a scene, you know, with, uh, Yoda telling Obi-Wan that he's got to go to Tatooine and, and, you know, and Qui-Gon's going to teach him something like, okay. And then we see the, and then we see Vader get rescued by Palpatine. And then we see Vader, um, you know, or essentially Anakin truly become Vader, you know, Mm -hmm. or, Physically, as as we know him, right? So, so there's all those parts, but that isn't the issue. Once it finally gets done, we get the scene where Palpatine and Vader are on this are on the Star Destroyer, and they're standing there, and you see the Death Star in the distance being built. Mm-hmm. Great, that's that, that's where the movie should end, because. Because that's the that's the arc of of this story, right? Yep. You know the the prequels are all about the fall of Anakin Skywalker, so that's where it should end. Yep. You know, kind of on this you know kind of ominous note. Um, but then they decide, oh no, let's go to Tatooine and let's show Obi Wan giving Luke the or giving Luke to um, Owen and Beru. And and make it like this kind of nice, hopeful. It's funny, you know that it. You're absolutely right. It should have ended on on that. And I just want to check the title of the movie, "Revenge of the Sith." Oh, hey, there's an idea. It should end on the well, Sith. <laughs> yeah, like that. That would have made so much more sense, and I can re- remember sitting in the theater saying, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is this is where it should end." And then you have that one extra scene, like, "No, <laughs> it sh- it should end. It, it should end. It should end w- with seeing you know the Empire essentially being being born, right? You know, yeah. uh, and we hear." Like, Obi-Wan refers to, you know, th- this period between, um, you know, what we ended up being, you know, the prequel trilogy and then the classic trilogy is the dark times. Dark time, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I, you know, there were comics, you know, there was a comic series that was called the dark times that took place in between these two time periods. So you think that that's the way you would end off the movie, you know, showing, Oh yeah, we are going into a dark period. Absolutely. Um, but once again, no one there to keep, you know, Mr. Lucas in check and say, uh, George, uh, maybe this would be better. But maybe the the no jar was full, and every time you say no, you had to put a dollar in it, and it was full, so they couldn't say no anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like the idea that he managed to get away with a whole bunch of things because of a workplace loophole. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> no jar's full. Can't help you. Uh, all right, so we'll save the rest of the movies uh, until next week, unless there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Then we'll just you know get to as many as we can. Hopefully by then I'll have figured out the the one thing I've changed about the one movie that I haven't come up with a, <laughs> an answer for yet. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you want to leave us a review or leave us a rating, uh, go to whatever podcast service you use, and there there should be a way to rate us or review us. If you want to leave us a message, you can go to anchor.fm slash smells bad outside podcast. And <laughs> there is a button there where you can leave a message uh, if you're on a mobile device. During the week, Brent, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at HomerJ13. And people can find me on Twitter. I am at the Pie Whisperer. And with that, I think it's time to say goodnight, Brent. Good night, Brent. <laughs>